Have you heard you can listen to your favorite gripping investigations ad-free? Good news! With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash ad-free true crime. That's amazon.com slash ad-free true crime to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Today, sexual infidelity would not be viewed as the atomic bomb it was back then. So Maryland, by associating with powerful men, became a target of interest to the enemies of those powerful men. They thought they'd destroy their career with it, and they would. You know, I mean, two Catholic boys screwing Marilyn Monroe, come on. At this time, Marilyn Monroe knew she was being watched by the FBI, the mafia and private detective Artas. She was feeling uneasy and thought maybe her life would be threatened. Hello and welcome to episode six of The Killing of Marilyn Monroe. I'm Jackie Moran, your host for this series. In previous episodes, we've seen how Marilyn used her power over men to escape a life of loneliness and abuse as a foster child, and then to help her gain a career in the movies, where she became the greatest sex symbol of her generation. I just adore his asking for more, but my heart belongs to daddy. By 1962, however, and with three failed marriages behind her, Marilyn's tangled love life had put her at the center of a deadly circle of power. Marilyn becomes very important in American politics because very early in, in 1960, she meets and is entranced by John F. Kennedy, by Senator Kennedy. She was having an affair with him, with Frank Sinatra, with people in the Rat Pack, and she became a fixture in Hollywood. She certainly had affairs with a lot of powerful people. And uh, was it something that she got so embroiled in their affairs that she had threatened to expose them or talk about them to the press or admit to knowing some secrets about the mafia or the government or, or any of these other things? We're going to examine how Marilyn's affairs with the president and his attorney general brother, as well as her relationships with Frank Sinatra and Chicago mob boss Sam Giancana, and the supposedly communist activities of ex-husband Arthur Miller drew the attention of notorious FBI director J. Edgar Hoover. And we'll see how this all made her the most important player in these figures' deadly power games against each other, and put her at the heart of the most devastating political conspiracy in American history. There were intertwined orbits of influence that indeed are so murky that I don't think anyone will ever know. Forces countermanding one another. Everybody had an angle. Everybody had something to protect, something to hide. Marilyn had begun a passionate affair with JFK as early as 1960. But by the time of her infamous Happy Birthday, Mr. President performance at Madison Square Garden in May 1962, he had become alarmed by her increasing indiscretion. 
and broke things off. Brother Bobby was there to pick up the pieces. She obviously was fascinated with and had a relationship with John F. Kennedy. And then Bobby Kennedy followed suit as well. The Kennedy brothers had a uh, modus operandi when it came to women, whereas Jack would begin in a relationship with a particular woman and then pass her on to Bobby. JFK was the one that she put her heart out to, and Bobby was the one that came along and picked up the crumbs, you might say. However, by August 1962, when Bobby also threatened to pull the plug on their relationship, Marilyn decided to fight fire with fire. It was to prove a terrible mistake. Here's author and Hollywood historian Bill Burns. When Bobby Kennedy breaks off the affair in 1962, Marilyn is so upset She calls the Justice Department to leave a message with Bobby Kennedy threatening the Kennedy brothers with public exposure of their affairs with her if they don't acknowledge the affairs in public, if they don't return her phone call. What should I do about Bobby? As you see, there is no room in my life for him. But maybe I should stop being a coward and tell him myself. Marilyn's threat went beyond simply exposing the affairs. She claimed that the Kennedys' pillow talk included state secrets and worse. Marilyn said that when she and Jack Kennedy were together, he would whisper things to her that were classified state secrets. For example, she threatened Bobby Kennedy with going public by saying that The president told her that the CIA was planning to kill Cuban President Fidel Castro. Then she said this. She said on the message, I know all about that secret air base in Nevada. What secret air base is in Nevada? If the Kennedys' indiscretions had given Marilyn what she thought was leverage over the two most powerful men in the country, it was also in danger of turning those former lovers into her enemies. And her affairs with the brothers were also proving useful for other interested parties. Celebrity biographer Mark Bego. So there's this whole speculation about how close she was to the mob because of the Frank Sinatra, how close she was to the Kennedy brothers. It's certainly something that could have been done if that was their scheme to use Maryland's closeness as some sort of leverage for legislation of some sort. Sinatra, of course, took advantage of her and didn't love her at all and beat her up. He was living in in a compound in, in the Hollywood Hills somewhere. And every time she visited him, Joe DiMaggio would be outside waiting for her because she was worried about her. Frank Sinatra had a very, very complicated, always accusations of being associated with the mob. Uh, Cal Neva Lodge, the, the Las Vegas singing engagements. Casinos were always accused of being associated with the mob. For Sam Giancana's mafia outfit, Marilyn's affair with not one but two Kennedy brothers was the stuff of blackmailing dreams. They saw her as a weapon with which they could take down both the president and attorney general of the United States. Danforth Prince, Monroe expert and publisher of Marilyn at Rainbow's End, Sex, Lies, Murder, and the Great Cover-Up. Giancana was not particularly interested in any of Marilyn's run-of-the-mill sexual peccadilloes. 
but he was passionately interested in anything that might embarrass or incriminate President John F. Kennedy and Kennedy's brother, Robert, the Attorney General of the United States. RFK had already launched a major investigation into organized crime in America, and Giancano, as head of the Chicago Crime Syndicate, was one of his primary targets. There was a theory the mob killed her. The mob loved her and used her because they wanted to destroy the Kennedys. They already had Lyndon Bain Johnson lined up for presidency. They control like four or five presidents that I know of. It all got very murky in a way that showbiz and politics, it was all a complicated stew and murky mass of unions and presidential elections and Hollywood donors and mobsters and who gets what singing gigs where and what money is made in what casinos and what gambling licenses are granted or not. Marilyn's affairs with the Kennedy brothers, plus her lasting relationship with Sinatra, had put her at the heart of this so-called murky mess of intrigue between the president and attorney general, the mafia, and Sinatra's rat pack. Here's Lois Banner, author of Marilyn, The Passion and the Paradox. There were a lot of people angry with her, including the Kennedys, the FBI, CIA was pretty mad, and some of her friends were angry with her. They were all angry because of the involvement with the Kennedys and the fact that she knew national secrets and that she was going to reveal them. She made them feel she was going to reveal them. They all had her phone tapped. And now a new player was to enter the game, one who saw Marilyn Monroe as a means of leverage against each one of those other parties. The FBI had a file on her, especially if she did or said anything that could embarrass the office of the president. And being as she had an obvious affair with JFK, I think this really got the FBI motivated to try and come up with a smear campaign. Formerly classified files released by the FBI in the 1980s reveal that the Bureau's all-powerful director, J. Edgar Hoover, saw in Marilyn a means to further his own power plays. Hollywood historian Bill Burns explains. J. Edgar Hoover was out to get the Kennedys. He was very vindictive about the Kennedys. He was taping Marilyn Monroe's phone calls. And he was also looking into Marilyn Monroe's relationship with the Rat Pack, with Frank Sinatra, with Dean Martin, with Peter Lawford, with Joey Bishop, with Sammy Davis Jr. He was looking into that because J. Edgar Hoover was business partners with mafia boss Frank Costello in a racetrack in Florida. I think that if she was bugged, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Hoover because he was very controlling of all the stars and he had a hand in all that. He also was very anti-Kennedy, so he might have been looking for something that could damage them. Hoover was completely compromised in this, but he wanted to keep tabs on Marilyn Monroe both for the Kennedys and for the Rat Pack as well as for himself. As we heard in the last episode, the FBI were also interested in Marilyn's possible communist ties. Following her ex-husband Arthur Miller's investigation by the House Un-American Activities Committee, during which he had been found guilty of contempt of Congress for his supposed leftist leanings, the monitoring of Marilyn's activities had increased since a trip she had made to Mexico earlier in 1962. Here's Danforth Prince. She decided she needed a holiday and wanted to go buy furniture in Mexico. And suddenly a host of people came out to show her around, to invite her to glamorous parties associated with the Mexican film industry. 
Out of the woodwork came an heir to the Vanderbilt fortune, had been thrown out of the Vanderbilt orbit because of his loud and, and, and strident associations with the Communist Party. During that brief trip to Mexico, she found herself in the middle of Diego Rivera, the artist in his film community, a very aggressive communist American expatriate crowd. Wiretapping was widely used by every agency, and they were worried that Marilyn, who had turned communist, was going to reveal state secrets. This was an anti-communist era, and she had come close to joining the Communist Party. Was Marilyn a communist sympathizer? Despite the hundreds of pages of FBI files, it seems unlikely. Somebody wanted to give her a tour of Mexico and invite her to a glamorous party, and she said yes, and they were communists, and indeed it added to her being targeted as a risk by forces of evil. But things were about to get even more complicated and even more dangerous. The Kennedys, the Mafia, J. Edgar Hoover, and communist paranoia, they were all about to come together in what would have been the biggest scandal in American political history. And Marilyn was right at the heart of it. I think one of the most upsetting things that Fidel Castro did to the economics of the tourism industry in the Caribbean was that Fidel Castro closed down the casinos, which was a tremendous loss for the mob when their source of income in the casinos of Cuba were closed down. They were furious. Joe Kennedy approached Costello to help his son become president. And the idea was you get all your union backing throughout the United States and all the mob throughout the United States. And if my son became president, we'd invade Cuba for you and give you back all your casinos. So it was a win-win for everybody. So the mob had a huge vested interest in toppling Fidel Castro. JFK had a huge vested interest in toppling Fidel Castro. The Kennedy administration had botched the invasion of Cuba through the Bay of Pigs with the understanding that there was collusion between the CIA and the mafia as regards an invasion of Cuba to throw over Fidel Castro. JFK's failed Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba in 1961 was not only politically embarrassing, it would also have very serious consequences for the Kennedy dynasty. They whispered in the old man's ear in Palm Beach that they're gonna start whacking his kids if they don't get their casinos. Your son is president, you told us, We'd get the casinos back, which was a win-win. Go back there. They lost millions and millions of dollars down there just in the buildings. And they wanted the real estate back. And that was the whole Bay of Pigs fiasco. The Kennedys did not keep their side of the bargain that Father Joe had struck with the mob. And a year later, JFK was dead. Five years after that, so was Bobby. In the meantime, Marilyn was sitting on a political bombshell. If it was to emerge that the president had done a deal with the mafia to trade electoral influence for the returning of their Cuban casinos, the political consequences would have been catastrophic. Suddenly, everyone wanted to know what she knew. That house was definitely bugged. There were four different sets of bugging tapes that vanished in the cover-up. You have the J. Edgar Hoover tapes, and the reason is to catch Bobby Kennedy with his pants down. Hoover was despised by Bobby Kennedy and his family. He wanted leverage of blackmail. That was the reason for the Hoover tapes. Hoover was very controlling of all the stars. He also was very anti-Kennedy, so he might have been looking for something that could damage them. The FBI tapes, the reason they wanted to find out what Marilyn knew about Frank Sinatra's conversations with the mafia since 
uh, Marilyn had an affair with him, and they remained friends. The Chicago gangster, Sam Giancano, hired Fred Otash, a private detective who was notorious for incriminating movie stars after secretly wiretapping their home. Fred Otash, he was hired by Sam Giancano and the Chicago mob to get inside information on what Marilyn may know about the FBI and Bobby Kennedy's attack on the Chicago mob. Giancana might have believed that, since he was being investigated by Bobby Kennedy, then Attorney General of the United States, who was indeed threatening to bring down the Mafia and throw many of his henchmen into jail, it's not far-fetched to assume that Giancana might have been trying to get something on the Kennedys so that they might perhaps lessen the pressure on him personally. I heard you were smart, but I didn't know. Uh, I'm not. Yes, you Don't let me fool no. you. I'm not. <laughs> How much did Marilyn know about the Kennedys' Cuban deal with the Mafia? How much was she aware of Sam Giancana's schemes against Bobby? Or of Sinatra's involvement with the mob? And how closely did she believe J. Edgar Hoover was monitoring her involvement in all these plots? With the situation she found herself in spiraling out of control, Marilyn attempted to take charge again and made what might have been her most fatal mistake. Marilyn Monroe kept a secret diary in which she recorded intimate information about her relationships with several celebrities, including love affairs with the then President Kennedy. This book would have been very intimidating if it was found at the time. Marilyn's colorful and chaotic love life had put her at the center of the biggest political conspiracy of the age, and one that involved the most powerful and dangerous men in America. And now she was writing it all down. She knew that her life was somewhat in, she was in fear of her life. Everybody wanted to put their hands on, on the diary because she wrote down some incriminating things. The diary has never been found to this day. It's never been seen except for a couple of people that saw it the night of when Marilyn Monroe died that morning. With the stakes now perilously high, getting hold of that diary and silencing the woman who was writing it became imperative. And meanwhile, Marilyn had begun another affair with a man to whom she could divulge her innermost secrets, her psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Greenson. Dr. Greenson had a very questionable doctor-patient relationship with Marilyn. Dr. Greenson fell in love with Marilyn Monroe, like many people before him, fell under her spell. That was crossing all kinds of bad lines for doctor-patient because there was no separation between her therapy and her friendship. Dear doctor, you are the only person who will ever know the most private secret thoughts of Marilyn Monroe. She became more and more and more and more dependent on him. He was making all kinds of decisions for her about who she should see and who she shouldn't see, telling her who she should be friends with and who she shouldn't be friends with. We shall see in future episodes just how significant a role Dr. Greenson was to play in Marilyn's death. But for the moment, he had become just one more player in a game that she had long ago lost control over. Had she told everything in the phraseology she was threatening to do, she would have brought down her psychiatrist. She would have brought down part of the medical establishment. She would have brought down many of the, of the Kennedys and their own powers ambitions for presidencies. I think... Unfortunately, Marilyn Monroe made a threat, and that threat cost her her life. Marilyn Monroe had become such a threat to the Kennedys 
that they had to get rid of her. She was also such a threat that the FBI wanted her out of the way, or at least shut up. And the CIA wanted her out of the way. Marilyn's search for a powerful man to look after her, from first husband James Doherty, through her casting couch conquests, her Rat Pack lovers, and all the way up to the president and his attorney general brother, had always been conducted on her terms. But now, the men in her life were using her, and she had become a liability. Here's Doherty, whom she married when she was 16 and a complete unknown in a long-lost interview, explaining how the girl he once knew had gone in way over her head. Uh, but she was a good gal, and she knew how to be tough. She didn't have to put up with that stuff. But Norma Jean was hurt all the time. Always hurt. Always hurt. And she feared him to go out of the house for a while, you know. She was always afraid, and she was timid. She was just a timid person. She was just a, a, a real sweet person that should never have been in that business. She should have been somewhere where somebody could be her husband and take care of her. It would be better just to have smiled and nodded and not threatened to bring down all these houses of cards. It was all a system waiting to crash. Marilyn was very dangerous, a huge threat to the power structure of both the official politics and the mob and Hollywood and the medical establishment. Imagine threatening to bring down so many powerful people. Marilyn was just too dangerous a woman to be allowed to continue to live. Next time on The Killing of Marilyn Monroe, Countdown to Murder. She was obviously astoundingly beautiful, but she was also very needy and she was a very damaged person. I think Marilyn Monroe was just at that point tired of being used. And I think that John F. Kennedy and Robert Kennedy may have said things to Marilyn Monroe, things they probably should not have told Marilyn Monroe. I think at that point she just was so angry, she felt like she was being used, that she told them, I'm going to go to the news tomorrow and tell them everything. She knew things that she wasn't supposed to know, okay? She wrote things down in the diary that would have been very incriminating for high-level people. It could be the Kennedy people. I don't know. Bobby Kennedy would have had a motive because he was, had the love affair. The doctor could have had a reason. The people up in the Calneva, the undesirable mafia people, would have, could have had a reason to kill it too. The Killing of Marilyn Monroe is hosted by me, Jackie Moran. Executive produced by Dylan Howard and is a production of Broad and Water Studios and Endeavor Audio. Executive producers also include Tom Freestone, James Robertson, and Andy Tillett. The series is produced by Carrie Budge and written by Dominic Utten. Reporting by Doug Montero. The series is mixed and engineered by Sean Kravitz and Sam Ada. Scoring by Benstown. There is so much more to this story and you don't want to miss anything, I can assure you. Make sure you subscribe to The Killing of Marilyn Monroe wherever you get podcasts. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.